I can hear things now. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Like, who knew that when you would talk about nuclear disasters that you would talking almost have a nuclear things. nuclear degree? And talking about things that we're not experts <laughs> in is the story of our lives. Yeah. That's the basis of this whole Yeah, but show. like... History told by idiots. In this case, nuclear engineering told by idiots. Yeah, nuclear <laughs> engineering told by idiots because obviously <laughs> when I started, like, getting in-depth here... Yeah. Like... I can't explain because <laughs> I can't pronounce half the half what's going on. So to be honest with you, when you're listening to this, literally, we're gonna give you the highlights. It's up to you to do personal research. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about two things. So what are you talking? I about? guess, but one of them is just like a basic rundown. I hear stomach noises. That was me. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was moi. Maybe I should have brought you a taco, too. <laughs> no. But yeah, somehow we arrived at this decision that we needed to talk about nuclear accidents or nuclear disasters. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Well, man, it started over, what is this, J- July, end of July? Yeah. In April. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. three months, because like, <laughs> I like, literally, well, I mean, it was on the, the... We were talking about doing it like the show before Chernobyl came out on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's when I started like just posting stuff about yeah. it on Instagram. Or... <laughs> Say hi to the people, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but now, we're actually finally getting into it. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? Let's go first. Okay. Let's go first. Well, you got to give me a second to find things. Well, never mind. I'll go first. Right. Okay. <laughs> find your stuff because I already got my stuff pulled up here. Okay. So, as we said, like, what was it? Amazon Prime, I think, uh, was running a series about Chernobyl. No, HBO. HBO. Yeah. Which was on Amazon Prime. Yes. Where I watched it. Very good. Very good show. It's only like five episodes long. I think that when you think of nuclear disasters, that's what comes to your mind. first. And it fascinated me. Don't know why it fascinated me. Never has fascinated me. But for some odd reason, uh, still a Skarsgård can uh, make a drama worth worth watching. (laughs) If you don't know who that is, that's its father. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Correct, right? Am I right on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dude from, and, uh, he's yeah, Eric Skarsgård's Eric dad and so. Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, the and crazy, I he's the crazy dude in Thor. He's the crazy dude yeah. in Thor. Yes, yes. Uh, fascinated actor, fascinating actor. And I, I really like him. So when I saw that he was in it, of course I had to watch it. But anyway, um, if you don't know what Chernobyl was, I mean, I don't know who living in this modern time period wouldn't, but um. It was the first, well, first off on the bat, like, they rate nuclear disasters like a one through seven. 
Seven being the worst. It's kind of like a tornado. You know, they do like F1, F2, F3. Mm-hmm. Nuclear disasters are rated, rated like that. And I say that because there's only there was only two since nuclear energy became a thing after World War II that rated at a seven or worse. And that was two that we're talking about. Chernobyl and Fukushima, which Ty's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Basically, Chernobyl... Chernobyl is located in Piperat, Ukraine. It's just right on the border of Ukraine and the U.S. But still, it was still this is during USSR time, so it is it is communist controlled. It is part of the Soviet Union, and it occurred on April 26, 1986, at the number four nuclear reactor at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant near the city of Piperat, in the north of the Ukrainian Soviet border. And uh, like I said, it's only it's two of the it's one of the two disasters rated as seven, uh, the maximum severity, on the international nuclear event scale, and the other being the 2011 Fukushima disaster. And what caused the disaster? The accident started during it was it was a safety test malfunction, because for some odd reason, when you're literally dealing with the power of sun, that it would be an all right idea to shut safety precautions off and stuff and then try to turn them on really fast which is layman's terms of what actually what what happened but the accident started during a safety test on the rbmk type nuclear reactor which was commonly used throughout the soviet union the test was a simulation of electrical power outage to aid in the development of safety procedures for maintaining cooling water circulation until the backup generators could provide power and that's a very important so they were doing a test for safety, and that's what yeah, they were doing made it test. malfunction. They were doing yeah. a test for safety. Yeah. Now remember, these are supposed to be the brightest minds that a nation has. It didn't work. Has to offer <laughs> that safety test did not work. <clears throat> no. no. The operation gap was about one one minute, so they had one minute to play. You know, one minute to actually do what they had to do, and had been identified as a potential safety problem, which could cause the nuclear reactor or nuclear reactor core to overheat. The kicker was that three such tests had been conducted since 1982, but all three of them had failed to provide a solution to this. On the fourth attempt, the test was delayed by 10 hours, so the operation shift, so the people that could the people that could come in and was actually supposed to be in charge of the operations and stuff could be briefed on it and whatnot. So the test supervisor then failed to follow the procedure, creating an unstable operation condition, which could bind with inherent RBMK reactor design flaws and an in, in intentional disabling of several nuclear reactor safety systems resulted in an uncontrollable nuclear chain reaction. So someone was flipping switches that they weren't supposed to be flipping, and this happened. A large amount of energy was suddenly released, vaporizing superheated cooling waters and rupturing the reactor core in a highly destructive steam explosion. This was immediately followed by an open-air reactor core fire which released considerable airborne radioactive contamination from about nine day for about nine days uh which precipitated onto parts of the ussr in western europe before being finally contained on may 4th 1986 so for about a month uh, very massive amounts of nuclear radiation was pouring into the atmosphere yeah uh the fire gradually released about the same amount of contamination as the initial explosion as a result of rising ambient radiation levels off-site. A 10-kilometer, which is about 6.2 miles, radius exclusion zone was created. 36 hours after the incident, about 49,000 people were rapidly evacuated from the area, primarily from Pripyat. 
The exclusion zone was increased to 19 miles radius shortly after then as a further 68,000 people were, were evacuated from a wider area. Mm-hmm. Um, to combat the fire, to, the, to combat the spread of radioactive contamination, um, for further weathering, the remains of uh, reactor number four required an enclosure, which was rapidly built and finished by December 1986. Um and everybody, uh, if you look this up on the internet, this is the very first pictures that you get. It's the Chernobyl sarcophagus that they, yeah. that they put around it. What I, it would also produce, uh, prote- provide radio uh, radiological protection for the crew's uh, damaged reactor at the site. What, uh, the number three reactor uh, continued to produce electricity into two th- to the year 2000. So the number three reactor was undamaged. <laughs> Due to the continue, continued deterioration of the sarcophagus, both it and the number four reactor were further enclosed in 2017 by the Chernobyl New Safe con- Confinement, the larger enclosure which allowed the removal of both the sarcophagus and reactor debris while containing the re- reactive contaminant. During the steam blast, the, during the initial accident when the reactors exploded, uh, still to this day it's, uh, it's unclear of how many people were affected by this i yeah. mean you can't you can't scope it because once it got into the atmosphere and it spread out mm-hmm. you know it went like as far as germany like yeah. as far as some parts as germany and if you ever look at a map that's pretty pretty distant 70 percent uh, of the radiation fell onto belarus though and their population yeah, yeah belarus uh, during the accident the steam blast <clears throat> effects caused two deaths within the within the facility and uh, if you watch the program if you watch the documentary, like it really portrays these guys actually being there, like they were the two that first went into the reactor core, yeah, knowing that they shouldn't have, and they were literally vaporized by the steam uh-huh. that was put off, yeah, which was brutal. Because I wouldn't definitely recommend looking up radiation poison, no, right? anything to do with radiation. It's sicknesses. not pretty, yeah. Um, which was one thing that that program got right. Which one thing it got pretty brutal. Yeah. Like it's just. Ugh. I'm reading things that are terrifying and fascinating yeah. that I did not know. In the ensuing site crisis, 134 firemen and site workers were hospitalized with acute radiation syndrome due to excessive doses of ionizing radiation, of whom 28 died within months, and approximately 14 suffered radiation-induced cancer deaths within the next 10 years. Among the wider population, an excess of 15 childhood thyroid cancer deaths were documented as of 2011. There, you know, there's a whole foundation called the Chernobyl Children yeah. that helps with stuff like that. Um, and then, like, even these firefighters that died, these initial firefighters that died, the families couldn't even see them. Yeah. Because as soon as they died, they were taken, put in coffins that were made out of lead. Mm-hmm. And then even when they buried them, they had covered them with cement. They yeah. covered the the graves with cement. They put them in one big grave and covered they put them, them in cement. one big yeah. grave and then covered it with cement to yeah. keep that radiation. Mm-hmm. To, to tell you how bad that that is. In, co- in common with both radon and air pollution exposure situations, determine the number of disaster related deaths is subject to considerable uncertainty. The Chernobyl disasters rate from anywhere from four thousand fatalities. Uh, which was solely assessing the three most contaminated former Soviet Soviet states to about nine thousand to sixteen thousand fatalities when accessing the total continent of Europe. Hmm. So when they was accessing 
you know, assessing all the deaths and stuff. So yeah. up to 16,000 people. This Dang. says 700,000 men known as liquidators risked their lives and exposed themselves to dangerous levels of radiation to contain the situation when it happened. At least 40,000 of these men have died and a further 70,000 are disabled. 20% of the deaths were suicides. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep, that's what I was getting ready to get to right here. Sorry, uh, I stole your thunder. No, no, <laughs> no. And you were talking about the sarcophagus? Mm-hmm. So that structure was built to secure reactor number four. But now it's perilously close to collapse, which would be kind of disastrous. So they're building this new structure that will secure that reactor for a hundred years or so. Yep. But the half-life of some of those radioactive elements that are in the sarcophagus now have half have lifespans up to 24,400 years. They're going to have to dispose of over 200 tons of radioactive material still inside that exploded reactor in order to really truly clean up the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still it's still being cleaned up after today, even today, 32 years later. But right here is initial initial stats. It ultimately evolved over 500. Well, how many how many liquidators did you say? 700,000. 700,000. 700, okay, so your 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 information is a little bit. This is on the 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 Chernobyl Children website. Okay, um, but at the time it, it was estimated eight, 18 billion Soviet rubles, which was roughly 68 billion dollars uh, in 2019. So 68 billion dollars in uh, cleanup, and of course it kicked off a slew of uh, regulations and you know tests and all that stuff even though even that's in place now you could go you could go on any website talking about it and if you want to know the specifics about it because now later on all my notes and stuff uh, get into the actual operation of number four and all that stuff and what happened and and i can't <laughs> we'd, be, <laughs> we'd be sitting there for two hours if you if you want me to go run down it um, I heard that the amusement park that's there, that when the disaster happened, it was supposed to open like a couple of days after, and that they sort of rushed and opened parts of it early to sort of detract from the bad situation. Everybody was getting sort of antsy and nervous because they'd heard that something was going on, yeah. and so they, before they evacuated, they had it open. That's what I heard. Never heard that one before. Mm -hmm. Well, it was it. One of the quotes here that I was reading was actually from one of the surveyors, and I think I think it was pretty fun. Well, I'm not gonna say pretty funny, but it was. Uh, he said that when they got there, or it was it was from one of the scientists in there, because when the, when they was there, the initial report they just felt it shudder. You know, they didn't really yeah. know the extent of the damage until they actually went outside, and when they went outside. The one of the scientists was quoted for saying that he looked up in the air and all there was was an infinite blue beam of light shooting up out into the sky, and that was that reactor core. That's terrifying. That was melting down. But like cleanup efforts involved evolved everything because like the graphite that was surrounding the nuclear core mm -hmm. couldn't be touched. Like they they was literally running uh, I think drills like the cleanup crew. I think it, I think they estimated like five seconds. And they would run out there, shovel some over to the side, yeah. and then the siren would go off, and they literally would switch back and forth like that. 
constantly until was, until the top of the top of the roof was cleaned off. They had thirty seconds. Thirty each. seconds. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like thirty seconds each. Yeah, but the cleanup effort even involved like uh, drones, like yeah. the the drones that they used on the moon to try to, but they couldn't because there was yeah. so much radiation that it literally burned the machines up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's a fascinating story talking about like even today like their drone footage and stuff like people that fly drones over it like the the surrounding forest that's outside is literally blood red like it, it grows back in the spring blood red because huh. of the, of the radiation exorbitant of the radiation and stuff like all the wildlife and everything is a lot of them have flourished mm-hmm. since then too which is kind of strange and you can adopt a Chernobyl puppy you can you can. Call your local Russian US, uh, SPCA. <laughs> your local Russian embassy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're still feeling the fallout, and they will for a long time. No, yeah, for yeah. thousands. Since, for since it happened, there's been like a massively sharp rise in birth defects. One of the saddest things was is they obviously couldn't take their, they're talking about the Chernobyl pups. Yeah. Like they couldn't take their pups with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the HBO show caught a little bit of backlash from that. Yeah, they should have because I literally had to skip that episode. Like, because I, I couldn't handle that episode. They did an episode that focused very heavily on they had to dispose of the animals. Yeah. So, yeah. Very graphic. <laughs> very graphic. Um, don't recommend it if you're sensitive to seeing, you know, animals. Dying in a movie or TV show. I was. They didn't actually kill anything in the show, but... Uh, <laughs> no animals were harmed. But no animals were harmed, but uh, it's it's still really bad, really rough to watch. Yeah, it was really rough to watch. But it had to be done. It was a necessary evil. When yeah. It was, just, it was basically almost an entire episode dedicated to it. It was, and almost an entire episode dedicated to it. And, like, it was completely unnecessary. They probably could have gotten the point across in ten minutes. Or less. Yeah, but not, a, what, not, not an hour and whatever it was. Yeah, not a full hour-long episode. Do you see that people are being all crazy and being like, let me be a professional model and go do a photo shoot at Chernobyl in my bathing suit? <laughs> yeah, in my bathing yeah. suit. And clearly the governor of Ukraine's like, you're stupid. No, we're not responsible. You're going to irradiate your nipples. Yeah. I'd, I'd say probably the most fascinating thing is watching them exploring series. Like, we, we really like watching Exploring with Josh on yeah. YouTube. And that was actually the episodes that got me addicted. To that was uh, the first time that I ever really saw much about the inside of Chernobyl. Well, except for the the found footage horror film that came out in, what, like oh, 2006 yeah, or Chernobyl, something like Chernobyl that? Diaries or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's trash. <laughs> it is trash. It, it, I mean, it's pretty decent until like the light Until you like, get to the end of it and yeah, there's all you, the mutant people inside uh, of yeah, the reactor. They found shelter in the nuclear reactor. Sorry, spoiler alert. But I don't, I don't know. If you haven't seen the movie by now, then you're probably not going yeah, to. it's like a 12-year-old movie or something. Yeah. It's it's pretty old. <laughs> but yeah, they exploring with Josh. I highly recommend going and watching them on YouTube because that was the episodes that really got me addicted to the child Chernobyl disaster and stuff too because he goes and explores the remnants and stuff. Oh, I thought it came out longer ago than that. It came mm-hmm. out in 2012. Oh. Yeah. Are you going next or do you want me to go next? Yeah, I'm done. Have I'm done. But, but I will, I will uh, encourage to do your own research on that. Like I said, we're not nuclear physicists. So or I watch can't. Chernobyl. Or watch the... Yeah, Chernobyl. Just skip episode four. <laughs> yes. Just Is skip. it episode four? 
Yeah. I think it's episode four. Yeah, you're right. It is yeah. episode four. Yeah, skip episode four. Cool. <laughs> but not if you're watching Star Wars. Don't skip episode four. No. That's no, the definitely most important not. Yeah, one. that's the most important one. Don't skip episode four. Yeah. Skip episodes one and two. But I, my, my final <laughs> thoughts that really really makes me mad about this and, and we don't really have to worry about it now because the USSR failed. It's like everything that you watch about the USSR, they want to point the blame to somebody. Somebody, oh, has, yeah. to, somebody has to be at fault. It can't be just like one one group of people. Mm-hmm. It has to be one person. Yeah. Because I was watching even like Rocky Four the other day. <laughs> and like... <laughs> They, somebody had to be blamed for Alvin Drago going down. Like, and I don't understand like how that happens, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. So they, they delegated me to talk about Three Mile Island. This yeah. is good that we're going in order too, because it was Chernobyl, then Three Mile, then Fukushima was the well, last one. So I'd never really heard of this before. Yeah, you did. And no, I really well, Three Mile happened before. Uh, no no, Fukushima happened like in well, oh, Three Mile. Three Mile. It doesn't matter because I'm talking about something else, too. So. You know Three Mile. You watched Wolverine Origins with me, that horrendous movie that Deadpool and Wolverine fought on top of. I didn't know that's actors. what that was, yeah, though. Yeah. Three Mile. I didn't know it's what the, I still didn't know what that was or what it entailed or anything yeah. historical because that's not very historical. Well, that's, you why know what I'm it, that's why it melted down because they, they fought and it destroyed it. Well, not really. So. Okay, well, all right. Let's get back to reality here. No one, no one really knows about Wolverine Origins no more. <laughs> I got delegated to do a Three Mile Island. It did happen, and it's not. It's interesting, but it's nobody died. I mean, you know, <laughs> so. no. And of but course, America reacted okay. the way that America reacted. But let me tell you. Reacted. But let me tell you about this too, because I really hadn't heard of this one. This was the first fatal nuclear meltdown in the United States, and uh, so this. This was the reactor known as the Stationary Low Power Reactor Number 1, or SL-1. And it was a prototype that was built, and the U.S. government, the Army intended it to pave the way for, like, a lot of nuclear power generators. And they were supposed to serve some, like, remote military facilities in the Arctic. Mm -hmm. So they basically did this as a test. So they operated, they built and operated the SL-1 for more than two years very successfully. It powered the town where it was built. But then some bad stuff happened. And apparently it happened so fast it was like milliseconds. And then it was disastrous. So let me skip ahead and tell you what happened. January 3rd, 1961. There's three military men. And they're all in their 20s. They uh, went to check on SL-1. And they were going to gear it back up. Because it took a break. Uh, they shut it down around Christmas time. And so this was after Christmas, and um, they were powering it back up. And they worked all around this station. It was the National Reactor Testing Station. And as they powered it back up, the alarm went off. Hmm. And the fire department responded, and everything was fine. And then the alarm went off again. And the fire department responded, and everything was fine. And then the alarm went off again, and this time all hell had broken loose, and it wasn't like a situation of crying wolf, like, really, there was an emergency. This was around 9.01 p.m. Nuclear power plants 
Seems like this always happens on night shifts, watch. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> it does. So the way that nuclear power plants work, they use heat energy from fission of radioactive materials in order to boil water into steam, and then the steam spins a turbine. And the engineers can control the rate and intensity of this fission by using control rods. So, like, these rods are objects that absorb free-flowing neutrons in a reactor's core. Mm -hmm. Before those neutrons could collide with unstable atoms nearby, which themselves would break down and then release energy. So it's all about just energy, energy, energy. On the night of January 3rd, all three of these men were working around that reactor. Two were kind of off to the side, and one was standing literally on top of it. One of them took the 84-pound main control rod slightly, slightly too far from the core oh. of the reactor. And in four milliseconds, four milliseconds, the core superheated and vaporized all of the surrounding water, sending a geyser of steam and liquid water upwards. So the force of this flash, it was like flash boiling. It propelled the reactor up nine feet into the air. before it was stopped by the ceiling of the building. The dude that was standing on top was 26-year-old Richard Legg. He was impaled by part of the structure, and so his body was pinned to the ceiling of this building that they were in. By the nuclear reactor core. Yes. (laughs) So when the fire department finally did show up, they were kind of mad and hateful because they'd been called out there twice already for absolutely nothing and there's a dangling body and then like well when they came in it didn't look like anything too bad had happened because the building was still standing and everything looked on the outside to be perfectly fine Uh but when they came into the reactor room their radiation meters completely maxed out which is not a good sign and their crew sort of just like hastily exited they went, they found this doctor who suggested that nobody should spend more than a minute at a time in the facility, which is not very long to try to recover people that are hurt or mm-hmm. injured. But they made a plan, and about 90 minutes after the malfunction, so around 10.30, rescuers went in, and they found one of the men dead on the floor. Another one was still alive. Oh. Like, laying there, moaning in pain. And they... Legit couldn't find the third man at all for several hours because who would think to look up above their heads? Because that's where he was. That's what I was going to say. He was they looked up. stuck to the ceiling, like in some kind of weird B-horror movie. But the Richard rescuers... Legs, legs were stuck to the ceiling. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. why is Slayer not wrote a song about this? <laughs> I don't know. So the rescuers go in and they retrieve the the man that's still alive. His name is John Burns. They... Retrieve him from the building. <laughs> I know. I know. We, we got, yeah. Wow. I, I, you can't make this up. You just can't make this up. Oh, this God. Up. I'm sorry to uh, Leg- Mr. Burns' family. <laughs> Legs' legs are stuck to the roof and Burns and got Mr. burned. Mr. Legs' family? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what the other guy's name is. <laughs> we'll probably oh, find out. But he, um, so they took horrible. him from, from the room and he was unconscious, but he was breathing. But he ended up dying at around 11 p.m. Once the matter of saving lives was no longer... Because popular contrary belief, radiation contamination does not make you a superhero. No, it no. doesn't. It does not make you a superhero. <laughs> so, like, after, after the three men for sure were all pronounced dead, 
then it was sort of a let's try to go in and secure this reactor situation. Then they go in and they they still can't be in the room for more than a few minutes. One minute at a time. That's as this long as they can be in the building. And yeah, that's that, that was kind how of do you try to contain something when you can only be in the space with it for one minute at a time before you have to leave. But they went in and they dislodged um, leg from the ceiling. Their corpses were now radioactive hazardous material. And that's how they were treated. So some of their body parts were buried on the site along with parts of the facility, which still kind of posed a risk to public health. And they were buried in lead-lined caskets and shipped where their families wished in their, their special little caskets. And there's really interesting pictures that you can see of all of this. Nobody really knows what caused that rod to be taken a little bit too far out from the reactor core. Um, there's a lot of speculation that it could be the type of material that it was made from. Perhaps it was warped or corroded. Others believe that it was maybe human error, and it was just a thing where he just pulled it too far. And then there's even theories that it was intentional, like a murder-suicide. Hmm. There's like a wow. lot... Yeah, there's a lot of um, speculation about that. But I mean, honestly, if I wanted to go on top of a nuclear reactor, probably it. That's basically that. SL1. And uh, obviously, I didn't realize. I, I always thought Chernobyl was really the first, but what you say, 61? SL1? No, when, when was this? Three Mile Island. Three Mile Island? Yeah. Three Mile Island happened in 79. 79, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, why am, I, why am I getting my dates confused? Because the USSR was basically twenty years behind. Yeah, because like with Chernobyl, like their their meters couldn't. I think they pegged out like at three point five or or three point two or something like that. It was something low. It was something extremely low, and they couldn't they couldn't read exactly. The tragic tale about that is what was the three the three rescuers that basically had to give up their own life to go and uh, restart the valves, the water valves. Yeah, to cool to cool it down. Uh huh. Chernobyl. I don't know if I made that clear. <laughs> Before I talk about my next one, do you want to go to break it up, or do you want me just to launch into it? Launch into it. Go at it. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about Three Mile Island. That's not what I just talked about. Oh. <laughs> I'm behind on the times today, guys. <laughs> I just uh-huh. talked about SL1. Get with the program. Okay. 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 Yeah. Now I'm talking about Three Mile listen, Island. Listen, this this goes to the example because when in Chernobyl, the SL Woods, because there's like 50 of different code names and stuff. So I was just like, oh, no, she's talking about the reactor. No, Mile now Island. we're going to talk about Three Mile Island. I knew nothing about this, contrary to what you just said about Deadpool and things and Wolverine and I don't care, but I, I, yeah. That's why we all feel about Wolverine Orders. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Who Three Mile cares? Island. Construction on this nuclear power plant began in 1968 in Londonderry Township, Pennsylvania, on this little island in the, the Susquehanna River. And that's pretty close to the state capital of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So, like mm-hmm. 10 miles down the river or something from Harrisburg. So they they started construction in 68. They ended sometime in 1978. They had two nuclear reactors. And in 78, uh, they were both ready to operate and produce electricity. And for a year, everything was all just peachy. 
But on March 28th, yay! (laughs) On March 28th, 1979, it started like any other day for everybody, but it was not like any other day. They can't exactly pinpoint exactly what malfunctioned. We know kind of what happened, but no exact pinpointing it. It was either a mechanical or an electrical failure. The Unit 2 reactor ended up experiencing a partial meltdown. With these reactors, there are water pumps that help to cool down the radioactive fuel in the reactor. And in this case, the water pump is what malfunctioned. And when it did malfunction, the temperature immediately started spiking and going to dangerous levels. Mm -hmm. So at first when this happened... The staff didn't even know that there had been a malfunction. Eventually, alarms in the computer room started sounding and the warning lights were flashing. I watched a documentary and one man that was there was talking about how it lit up like a Christmas tree. All the different things that were malfunctioning at one time. A very hazardous, really mm -hmm. irradiated Christmas tree. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So it was complete chaos. But operators were even more confused... Because the warning signals that were being presented to them and all of this data, they were doing these tests and they wouldn't even get the readouts from these tests until an hour after they did them. So it was like, after they did the tests, they had to wait an hour. And when they got the results in, everything had changed. So all of these readings were kind of contradictory and they didn't really know what to do. This was really, honestly, human error. What had happened was the water pump had, there had been air that had gotten in the lawn. And so it sort of, it stopped working. And then part of the core, the, the nuclear core had become exposed. The thing that they needed to do to do last, like the thing that they did not need to do is to turn off the secondary pumps. Mm-hmm. But that's what they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they turned off the secondary pumps, yeah. the backup pumps. So they shut off the backup water cooling system. If they would have left it on, it would have cooled the core. The plant would have been saved. It would have essentially fixed itself. But they did not. (laughs) They ended up um, actually aiding in the biggest nuclear disaster in the U.S. And they thought that they were helping to save the plant, but they were not. (laughs) So it's like modern days, you know, when you're working and it's what we like to call the old crap factor. It's like, okay, we're just going to start flipping switches. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. (laughs) So by the next morning, the reactor had reached 4,300 degrees. Oh. Yeah, fair enough. At 5,200 degrees, it would have been complete and total meltdown. If it would have reached 5,200 degrees, this is according to this documentary that I watched which is called a Meltdown at Three Mile Island. You should watch it. If it had reached 5,200 degrees, the core would have become like this ball of white, hot, molten sun. material. A sun. Yeah, and it would have melted down through the reactor, through the concrete floor, into the earth, and then the water table was directly below the plant. So it would have hit that, and immediately when it hit it, it would have fractured the ground in every direction. And these massive ge- massive geysers of radioactive steam would have shot up out of the ground. And it would have been a bad situation, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been bad. Bad times were had all around. Yeah. <laughs> it would have then found its way into all of the neighborhoods. It would have caused disastrous effects. It, it would have not been good. Okay. Yeah. It would have been our own version of Chernobyl here mm-hmm. 
here in the U.S. Yeah. So um, workers flocked to the control room in an effort to kind of figure out what had went wrong, try to find a way to fix it. But then that's when an alarm sounded in the control room that there was radiation in the control room. Contaminated water had leaked into an adjoining building down through the floor. And it was then releasing radioactive gas throughout the entire plant. And it had infiltrated into the control room. After this happened, they feared that the contamination was going to escape and be released into neighboring communities. And so they declared the first ever general emergency in a U.S. nuclear power plant. So then they've got this dome of containment. They're trying to contain all of these radiation levels, right? So they had reached, the radiation levels had reached 10,000 rems per hour, which you may not know what that means because I didn't know what that means. It basically means that within a matter of minutes, you'd be dead. If you were exposed to it within a matter of minutes, you would be dead. It's like I didn't know what, because doing research on Chernobyl, they kept referring to scram. Did you come across that? Anybody come across that? Scram is basically what the USSR, it's the response. Mm -hmm. It's the response team to a nuclear disaster. If those radiation levels would have breached, people would have been dead in a matter of minutes. So during all of this, while it's happening, the news gets wind that something is happening on Three Mile Island. Of course. And when they do, they sort of go out and they release this statement to the general public. Now, you talking about they wouldn't blow it out of proportion, would they? Well, see, that's the thing. (laughs) They went to release this information, but they didn't release enough information to the public. Oh, Oh. And then... What really sucked... So is this the time when those had integrity and didn't... Well, no, no. What what really sucked is then these officials from the plant and from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, which we'll call the NRC, so they came and made these statements. One, One of them comes out and says, a small amount of radiation has been released, but it's nothing for you to worry about. And then this other guy comes out, and he's like, no, there was no radiation released, Hmm. so you don't need to worry about it at all. And then another one comes out, and he's like, oh, yes, there was some that breached. So So nobody knows what to believe or who to believe. It wasn't a lack of information, uh, uh, just a whole lot of misinformation. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Well, people didn't know if they needed to be afraid. Should they be? They became paranoid because they didn't know if they needed to panic. Do we need to leave? Do we need to evacuate? We're getting ready to glow at night. Are we going to experience, you know, radiation sickness? Are we, you know, all of this? Grow a third arm. Yeah. They don't, they didn't know who to believe. So the state of Pennsylvania just uh, becomes a uh, planet Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the NRC was called and they were supposed to come and arrive and help with the situation because they are the nuclear regulatory commission. It's their job. But they... Again, it's supposed when, to be the brightest minds in the United they, States. When they showed up, <laughs> they hadn't been given very much information to go on. And mm. nobody really seemed apt to give them more information. And familiar. then on top of that, they were not very organized people at all. And they did not know how to deal with a crisis. It was like the perfect storm of crap. <laughs> people were having to deal with this crisis that they never thought would actually happen. And even though they were trained for it, they still thought... That it was never going to happen. And Mm -hmm. so then they were ill-equipped to deal with it when it actually did. Even if the NRC had come in 
and been able to formulate a plan, they still had no authority to tell the operators within the plant what to do. They didn't have any authority to, to evacuate people. You would think that they would, but they didn't. But by the time that the NRC even showed up, half of the uranium fuel had already melted away. Mm-hmm. It happened that fast. So, at the time that the NRC shows up, two, three mile, it still hadn't been discovered that the water pumps were the problem. And it wasn't discovered until several hours after the initial accident. Some workers went in and obtained a sample of the water from the pumps. In seven hours, new water was pumped in. And the secondary valves were opened in order to release some built-up pressure. So, after 16 hours from the initial accident, the primary loop, which is the water loop, to cool the reactor, had been filled with water again. And so then, 16 hours after the initial accident, the temperature of the core finally began to fall. But then, something else happens. Hmm. That's the way way it goes, right? (laughs) The temperature's dropping. In America. But three days days after... (laughs) The initial accident, a massive hydrogen bubble forms inside of this containment unit. This could have been absolutely disastrous because it could have caused a very large and deadly explosion. If this explosion had happened, the containment vessel that was holding all of this radiation and stuff in would have been breached and the radiation would have spilled out in massive bursts of steam into the open this, air. Yeah, this is, this is, it would have been just like Chernobyl because that was exactly what. However, that was but, happening. Right, and they, fi- but they finally get a break because, however, it was determined through a series of tests that the vessel itself, so the containment vessel, contained no oxygen. And in order for hydrogen to explode, it has to have oxygen. And so they were able to go in. And vent this hydrogen bubble, and it was kind of controversial because they released all this pressure and this hydrogen bubble, like into the open atmosphere. <laughs> so it was kind of controversial. I mean, but let's see. They went with it. <laughs> let's see. Controversial, leasing potential small amounts of hydrogen radiation into the air, or have the equivalent of 100 Hiroshima bombs go yeah, off. Yeah, 200. Bombs. Yeah, a few nuclear bombs go off. So after the Three Mile Island incident, um, people call it the TMI accident, which makes me just think of TMI, too much information, you know. Well, in in a sense, yes. Yeah. In a sense. (laughs) But after this happened, public support for nuclear energy, complete, like, yeah, exactly. It it plummeted. (laughs) It went from an all-time high of 69% approval to 46% in just a few years. Actually, we've never built another nuclear power plant in the U.S. since then. Well, didn't President Obama try? I do not know. That one thing that we watched, it said he kind of was, he did kind of a lot of money for it, and the site was graded off, but they just... It didn't happen. It never happened. An estimated 2 million people were exposed to small amounts of radiation as a result of this accident, but there have been no really known health impacts from this um there are some people that disagree with that but from what we know but it led to several changes in the way that our power plants are regulated in the united states so it did have a pretty big impact all kinds of new licensing 
things that you have to do in order to operate and whatnot. No nuclear plants started after 74 have ever been completed in the United States. Mm-hmm. The cleanup for Three Mile Island lasted 14 years and it cost an estimated $1 billion. The damage reactor was completely closed after that and it was entombed in concrete. So it had its own little sarcophagus, I guess. Um, the fuel and wa- the radioactive fuel and water were removed and eventually the workers shipped 15 tons of radioactive waste to a nuclear waste storage facility in Idaho. But this incident also helped to galvanize the anti-nuclear movement in the United States. So this emerged sort of as a social movement against the global nuclear arms race of the 60s. And uh, so this really aided in that because, you know, it was a perfect example of everything that those people were against. Mm -hmm. And today, um, Three Mile Island still has, it still generates power from its Unit 1 reactor. But uh, they did announce in... 2017 that it would be closing this year so it will be um be closed if Mm -hmm. it's not already and so they'll have to dismantle that remaining reactor and that could take up to 10 years something else that i found interesting when you look up stuff about this is you'll come across the term the china syndrome didn't know what that was you ever heard of it Mm -mm. okay well this is kind of weird this is weird so the three mile (laughs) island was sort of foreshadowed in a way So less than two weeks before the accident at Three Mile Island, this is, again, 1979, there was a movie released called The China Syndrome. Hmm. It started playing in theaters nationwide. It had Jane Fonda, uh, Jack Lemmon, and Michael Douglas. It debuted March 16th in 79, two weeks before this happened. And it portrayed the fictional drama of a California plant getting perilously close to a meltdown. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so then, this this was March 16th, and on March 28th, Three Mile Island happened. And I didn't mention this either, but there were 140,000 people evacuated out of central Pennsylvania when this did happen. In the movie, an energy official tells Fonda's character, a television reporter, that it, an explosion at the plant, quote, could render an area the size of the state of Pennsylvania permanently uninhabitable. Oh. Huh. Yeah. And so after after this happened, yeah, <laughs> trademarked X Files. <laughs> <laughs> so after this happened, Columbia Pictures, the studio that released the movie, pulled the film from some theaters because they were like, "Oh gosh, oh gosh, oh no!" <laughs> and it was a blockbuster too, didn't it? So where it was Jane Fonda? And it earned like fifty-one million dollars yeah. at the box office. So like, know, it was which a, was crazy yeah, in nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah, it's a blockbuster back in that time. So it was nominated for Academy Awards, Best Actor, Best Actress. Wow. It didn't win any, but it was nominated. I'm curious, but look still, this movie up, oh well, too. it's it's on um, Amazon Prime, so you know, hmm. go for it. I'm not a but it was just kind of it yeah, was just yeah. kind of eerie and weird that that there wasn't actually a line in there about Pennsylvania, and then Boop. two weeks later, <laughs> hello. Yeah. So that's what I got for you. And it's kind of it's kind of eerily similar too, because like the, almost the same exact things happened to Chernobyl. Did you learn a thing? I did. I did. That Deadpool did not cost the Staten Island incident. So, <laughs> or the well, the three, three mile, mile island island incident. Island. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was Staten Island in the movie, but it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, now learn us a thing. We'll learn you a thing. Okay. This one's the most recent one out of the bunch. Happened. It is. Eight years ago? Let me go to the prior events that caused the Fukushima nuclear meltdown. In 2011, there was an earthquake. Uh, it's called the Tohoka Earthquake Disaster. It's one of the largest earthquakes to ever hit the Earth. It was a 9.0 or 9.2 by some readings. Gosh. Yeah, it was a big one. It's the hand of God. Basically, yeah. Literally. Because this one, it triggered tsunamis, which were 133 feet tall. It actually shifted Honshu, the main island of Japan, shifted it eight feet to the east, shifted the earth on its axis by four inches, and increased earth's rotational speed by 1.8 milliseconds every day. This was a crazy. big yeah. event, and and I'm and I'm not gonna compare the two, but kind of like in the sense that Hurricane Katrina warped the El Nino path so bad, our climate yeah. and stuff. I mean, obviously it went to this scale, but <laughs> yeah, there was literally no island masses that shifted eight feet from where it was. Reaching. Yeah, like it, this was so bad that it actually shifted the Earth. That's God. nuts. <laughs> It generated infra infrasound waves that even the GOCE satellites picked it up in low orbit. It was a big one. It's a big sucker. Yeah. Initially, the earthquake caused sinking of part of Honshu's Pacific coast by up to roughly a meter. But after about three years, the coast actually came back up and now it's rising past its original height. Hmm. The tsunami was arguably the worst part of it because it swept six miles inland destroyed over a million buildings and killed almost 16,000 people oh my gosh yeah another 6,000 were injured and 2,500 people uh, are still missing that's bad news bears yeah as of 2015 228,000 people are still living away from their home, either in temporary housing or due to permanent relocation. It was a, a really, really bad event for Japan. However, it got worse, believe it or not, because the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster took place almost immediately after. This is the only other nuclear event to reach a level 7 on the INES scale. On detecting the earthquake on March 11th, the active reactors automatically shut down their fission reactions. Because of the reactor trips and other grid and other grid problems, the electricity supply failed and the reactors emergency diesel generators automatically automatically started. So those were powering the coolant going through the reactors so that they didn't melt down. However, the earthquake generated a 13 to 15 meter high tsunami that arrived approximately 50 minutes later, which overtopped the plant's seawall. Uh, flooded the basement and disabled the emergency gener generators. Mm. Caused three nuclear meltdowns, several, hydrog several hydrogen explosions, and the release of radioactive contamination in units one, two, and three over the next three days. The spent fuel pool of the reactor four, which had been shut down before, increased in temperature due to the decay heat from newly added spent fuel rods but didn't boil down sufficiently to expose the fuel. The The earthquake and the tsunami led to 470,000 people having to be evacuated in the area. Of that number, 
the nuclear accident was responsible for 154,000 being evacuated. The UNSCEAR, World Health Organization. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they projected no increases in like birth defects or anything like that because they actually did manage to catch it in time to be able to get enough people away. Plus, people were already being evacuated anyway because of the earthquake and tsunami. I think that I think I read something like that. They said that was the only thing that kept it from being a greater disaster than Chernobyl. Oh yeah, because they were already in the process. They of, were already evacuating. Yeah, yeah. There is an ongoing cleanup program to decontaminate the areas, and uh, the decommission of the plant will take thirty to forty years. In reality, it's going to take less time to clean it up than Chernobyl. But at the same time, it's still there's still a major effect on the environment in the area. It's still bad. Oh yeah, there's only been one death attributed to the reactor, and it's a cancer death attributed to radiation exposure. Hmm. Yeah, and it, and it's wild because you can actually look up wildlife, the Fukushima wildlife, or something like that. I forgot what the website was called, and you could see like. Butterflies and stuff that were literally, literally have like five it, well, wings. Yeah. Where is it that that they have documented the spiders because their their web they've been exposed to radiation was, and their web spinning patterns are that was nuts. Yeah. That was Chernobyl. We should post a picture of that. Yeah. I, I have. <laughs> if you go back in time and look on Instagram, I have. I don't pay attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably post some stuff for Fukushima because I've not posted anything from it. <laughs> The government set up a four-stage evacuation process, a prohibited access area that's two miles out, a uh, on-alert area, which is two miles to 12 miles, and then an evacuation-prepared area, so basically a standby area, which was up to 20 miles out. On day one, 170,000 people were evacuated from the prohibited and on-alert areas. Prime Minister Khan instructed people within the on-alert area to leave and urged those in the prepared area to stay indoors. The latter groups were then urged to evacuate on March 25th. During the evacuation of hospitals and nursing homes, 51 patients and elderly people died. I guess more than just the one death could really be attributed to yeah. that, which they may have counted that in with the earthquake slash tsunami death count mm -hmm. too. The hydrogen explosions, this happened in... Reactors 1, 2, and 3 caused a reaction between the water and the zerk alloy on March 12th, leaking hydrogen mixed with oxygen in Unit 1, destroying the upper part of the building and injuring five people. On March 14th, a similar explosion occurred in Reactor 3, blew the roof off of the building, and injured 11 people. Then on the 15th, there was an explosion in Reactor 4 due to a shared vent pipe with Reactor 3. The cores melted down in the first three reactors. Then there was the damage to Unit 4 because of the fuel meltdowns. Units 5 and 6 were also not in, were not operating when the earthquake struck. But unlike Reactor 4, their fuel rods remained in the reactor. The reactors had been closely monitored as cooling processes were not functioning well. They shared a working generator and switchgear during the emergency and achieved a successful cold shutdown nine days later. Hmm. So they actually did work to m prevent five and six from going down. Is that a Chernobyl puppy? Chernobyl puppy. <laughs> Albus needs a brother. <laughs> a slightly radioactive brother. 
that glows in the dark. <laughs> They're so cute. And every time he pees, it leaves a brown stain on the... <laughs> in March 2014, uh, numerous news sources began predicting that the radioactive underwater plume traveling through the Pacific Ocean would reach the western seaboard of the continental United States. The common story was that the amount of radioactivity would be harmless and temporary once it arrived. NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, measured casium-134 at points in the Pacific Ocean and models were cited in predictions by several government agencies to announce that the radiation would not be a health hazard for North American residents. But um, it still makes you kind of scared, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just knowing that there's this big cloud of radioactivity moving through the Pacific Ocean... It's a, uh, it's a little terrifying. Maybe that's why California. And to think of like all the places now. where they've, <laughs> like to think of like that place in Iowa where, that we turtles. were that we were talking about yeah. that like they they bury it in these containers. Like what happens? What happens if that gets breached? Good question. That's actually that's actually a big question. With with there is a nuclear reactor that they're decommissioning in Germany. We're talking about the nuclear waste being put into this cave system. Unfortunately, due to being underneath a lake, the water table is actually like eroding the walls of the cave away. So they're in a desperate struggle right now to try to figure out how they're going to repair this cave. Because if it leaks out into this lake, it could potentially get into the uh, into uh, their water the Danube, supply. I think it was the Danube River or something like that, which then would eradicate oh, all of England, all of France, all of, you know. It's not good either way. No, it's not good either way. Bad news all around. I thought you were gonna get you were getting ready to give me a piece of bad news. No, I was not. Okay. <laughs> Can I have a piece of good news? But Fukushima, my puppy's better. Good. <laughs> puppy's better. My puppy swam today. Yeah. Well, he loafed. <laughs> he did not enjoy it. Did you see video, the video? I did see. The he video. may have enjoyed it. We don't know. I mean, like. There were certain points that he had a happy smiley face, and other times his eyes was like, "Help! <laughs> help! Help! Help!" <laughs> we tried to get him to stop swimming because he has a real fancy life vest on. I didn't show you. I didn't show you this one, uh-huh. but he's—you can see him, like he's trying so desperately to swim to yeah. the side, yeah. and then he boops his head. He's trying to get out so bad. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going. He's going. Hey. <laughs> Look at that sheer panic. You can see the Just sheer panic. Just his nose rubbing on the side of the pool is I the think, funniest thing. I think with, with more visits, he'll get used to it. <laughs> I would like to see what my, what my puppy would do in the pool. He'd freak out. We were shocked to begin with that he would even done it. That he even That's done it. That's about how he feels about it. <laughs> Nuclear it disasters, man. We have to rely on something. Fields of. Hamster wheels. <laughs> Hooking my five-year-old niece in the swimming pool up. Macy. For a real. Up to a power generator. Well, if you could harness that energy. Harness that energy. Hmm. I don't know. Drop us a comment. What you think? Nuclear energy, good, bad? I mean, we gave you three really, really crappy examples. <laughs> What's your favorite nuclear meltdown? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's at a, but these three were at a time though that all this was like experimental. Well, Except for Fukushima, I mean, Fukushima. yours was Fukushima. Yeah, Fukushima. Fukushima a little bit after. Well, they even gave the example because, like, with with Chernobyl, it was a USSR incident. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a Russia incident. Yeah, but with Three Mile Island. 
And Fukushima, Fukushima was built with United States parts, you know, manufactured United States parts. So, you know, that was another big notch in the bell yeah. against nuclear. Yeah, that, that was. The United States nuclear program. Yeah. And, and it was like another thing is, though, is that Chernobyl and Three Mile Island were results of mechanical failure. Mm-hmm. Fukushima was not. Was not, no. Fukushima was, was caused from natural disaster. Yep. Now, I'm just going to throw it out there. Japanese scientists are pretty pretty lit when it comes to stuff like that. They're pretty competent, yeah. They're pretty competent. And then you have the one that I talked about, the first one, that was human error. Yeah. Which... I just really like, would not like to think that that guy had nothing to live for, that he was just like, I'm going to move this pole over a centimeter. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. So you pulled it out too far? Like a fraction. Yeah. Too far. Hmm. And then he got impaled on the ceiling. What a way to go. Yeah. In four milliseconds. Remember leg. <laughs> yep. Remember burn. <laughs> yep. Leg and burns. I don't know what the other guy's name was. I'm looking it up. McKinley. Richard Leroy McKinley. He was 27. Burns, 22. McKinley. Leroy McKinley. 27. And then leg. With two G's. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do not condone the actions of these two. Oh Lord! <laughs> you think that was running through his mind when he decided to pull the nuclear reactor? See, this <laughs> just this just makes you makes it even more sad because it says all three men succumbed to injuries from physical trauma, even if they hadn't have died from the physical trauma. The radiation would have killed him anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I guess if you're going to go, four milliseconds is the way to do it. It's the way to do yeah. it. The human brain wouldn't have time to react. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, oh, I'm going to pull this pipe. And that was it. Yeah. Like, he just he might have just had a muscle spasm or anything. Yeah. Yep. Just a little bit too far. Yeah. And then all it's hell just... breaks loose. Oh no! I've cut out the last twenty minutes of this. <laughs> oh gosh! Wow. Well, that was good. It is. I mean, it was yeah. sad, but it was good. It is. I mean, and I'm, being, I'm being serious. Drop, drop, drop a comment, you know, on our Instagram, Facebook, or whatever about your about your. What do you think? What do you think about nuclear? What's your favorite nuclear meltdown? Yep. I'm trying to get some serious interaction here <laughs> about your thoughts on nuclear energy. <laughs> what and, do you think? And your favorite nuclear disaster. What about uh, Dr. Banner's exposure to gamma radiation? Yeah. <laughs> well, since the... Says MC- the man that was talking about Deadpool on top of the... Yeah. Well, it's since the MCU has neglected to put Hulk in any really, really awesome movie... I mean, of his own. Yeah. Not counting the Avengers. <laughs> God, man, they seriously downplayed the Hulk real bad in the really Infinity did. Wars. Like, it really makes me mad. Yeah. But that's all I hear from San Diego Comic-Con is, oh, God, they've announced the new... Uh, they've announced a lot of things. All the new... We're M- finally getting Fantastic Four in the MCU. Yeah, finally. I'm excited. Yeah, finally. We need some Galactus. We need some Fantastic Four done right. Yeah. <laughs> for a change. We need Galactus... And Eater of worlds. Goofy helmet, and not a big purple oh, cloud. They'll change it. They'll change his helmet. <laughs> no, I want. I want his goofy helmet. Do you ever play Hero Clicks? Uh, a little bit, not a whole lot. 
<laughs> they had a hero click of Galactus. And he stood God. that tall. Everything else was this big. Yeah. And then Galactus. Yeah. It was impressive. It was oh, like they got the scaling right. It was like <laughs> the most expensive figure at the time. It was like a two hundred dollar figure. Now you get them for like five bucks. I know. I kind of want it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see how much it is. I'm gonna look on eBay. Not, I mean, he even he even he even yeah. he even come like in a in a package like it was in a crate and the costume tape around it was like costume eater worlds. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I always wanted clips. that. G zero zero one colossal figure with card one hundred and five dollars. Yep. You were you were off by a hundred dollars. Uh, he really was about two hundred bucks. When he was at up. least that. And Dark uh, Phoenix. And Dark Phoenix was back when much, Hero so. Clicks were popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The dark Fe- the dark phoenix figure was awesome because it was about that tall, but it had the um, the phoenix that was like in a clear orange thing, and in the center of it was uh, Jean Grey's. Man, I want to resurrect Hero Clicks. You can't. Why? Because it's stupid now. Why? Like I mean, I can do what I want. Power scaling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they've done away with the whole, like, board. Like, remember the maps that we No, had? I want, like, old school ones. That's what I'm talking about. They've done away with all that. Like, it's on your iPads and stuff now. That's dumb. Yeah. Yep. So now we're on a completely different tangent. We are. This is how we made that toy episode, by it the is. way. <laughs> and we're not launching into another. No. <laughs> no. I have a paper to go write. Yeah. But anyway, so I guess that Todd's got to go write a paper. Josh has got to go... Sleep. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, Josh thinks... <laughs> Tessa's got to go play Dead by Daylight because she's yeah, off tomorrow. Yeah, Josh will go watch Dead by Daylight be played, I guess. We have any shout-outs to give this week? Yes, actually... Um... But if you want to be our shout-out on our next episode, then send us a message. Kind of engage us in conversation. You could suggest a topic, ask a question. That kind of thing. Oh, there's that Doctor Strange that he was talking about in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm, excited. I'm so excited about that. Oh, and Thor Love Thunder. Love yeah. Love Thunder. Uh, Natalie Portman's going to be yeah. Lady Thor now. Yeah, they're going to do the Lady Thor. Yeah. Though I don't though I don't agree with the new Blade, but I'm glad it's finally I'm a new part of I'm excited about the yeah. new Blade. Otter. Who's our shout out this week? Uh, Crocs and Socks 23. Uh, I posted something. Oh, that's my cousin Devin. Yeah. Uh, I actually posted something about um, uh, Leatherface, Hannibal Lecter, and it was talking about Ed Gein. Yeah. Talking about how he inspired all those. So, and they shouted out and was like, oh, look, another murder episode. Sounds great to me. So, yeah. A little bit for future murder episode. <laughs> we do like some good murder. And of course, everybody down on things like Eddie is the best and all that stuff. So uh, I'd say probably we're headed towards a murder episode. Probably. Murder. Maybe we should do another big murder episode for Halloween again this year. Oh, we'll do it five minutes before we yeah. <laughs> come up with our topic 30 yeah. minutes before we start recording. Area 51, the can't stop saw. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about Area 51 and other things. Maybe we should talk about conspiracies. We could talk about some, uh, like, talk about some of the recorded supposed alien invasions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. And cons- we could talk conspiracies about, uh, and aliens. And- talk about War of the Worlds. Oh, we yes. Could do that. Battle of Los Angeles. Roswell. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. There we go. Yeah. One, two, three, break. Idiots on three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Idiots! Idiots!
Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> and with that. Do you love history? <laughs> Uh, oh god okay anyway say it again no you say it you started off you can find us on <laughs> I'm done Facebook I'm done Instagram Twitter <laughs> get out of my chair <laughs> stop it stop oh, it honey god. you gotta you gotta wait just a second We're people not love this type yet. of interaction We're not done yet <laughs> you can find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram or you can email us at uh, our ads our at history by idiots or you can email us at historybyidiots at gmail.com. I can't talk. I'm having a stroke. Um, <laughs> we have a Patreon that we keep saying that we're going to do stuff with, yeah. but we haven't yet. Next, but we're going to. Next week, the next recording session that we do, we should do it on Saturday, like as soon as you get off work. And as, long as long as it's not. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks from now, I'm fine. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's do it. Let's do that then. Like, get some stuff that we can actually put up for Patreon. Yes. Let's do it. And, uh... Sounds yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. So go find us places and things and interact and... Yeah. We'll give you a shout out. Yeah. Because we like your face. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love history. Love your library. And love yourself. Ding, 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 ding.